It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right. A little indoor kart racing, joeskarting.com, as always. And Joe's Karting on Facebook for the latest videos and news, information, all sorts of great stuff. Stay up to date, joeskarting.com online, and Joe's Karting on Facebook. Well, uh, Dirk, we are one day removed as we talk tonight from the World of Wheels Car Show, the 67th annual World of Wheels Car Show. We didn't get a lot of time to walk around, but what I did see, uh, I was uh, thoroughly impressed with everything, as always. It's always good to get over there and see all the sights and sounds and smells and uh, come by, uh, what was it? $30, $20, uh, lighter after getting a round of beers for you and I, uh, yeah. Thanks to me for getting about the, uh, wonderful policy of no cash, mm -hmm. but, uh, no, I mean, it was a productive weekend for us, not as productive as we would have liked, but, uh, I think we got some quality stuff and, uh, you know, talk to some passerbyers about things and watch a little valve cover racing. And yeah, that was fun to watch. Uh, then just because they made us, we got to watch the last, what, 150 laps or so, or 200 laps of the Richmond race. Mm -hmm. Cause they said we couldn't leave. So <laughs> we had to sit there for two hours, but you know, it was what it was at least, uh, getting out of there worked out fairly nice. Yeah, they were very adamant about no, they didn't want us even breaking down until six o'clock, but we were over in a little corner off on our own and uh, I, I, they didn't really pay much attention to us over there. So we were able to break down a little bit early and, and like you said, watch the last of the Richmond race, which worked out perfect because it got over right about six o'clock when we tossed all of our stuff in the car and headed out. Yeah. And I mean, we were able to uh, work it out. Uh, uh, wish we'd have thought when we got there getting in of doing what we did you know but yeah. uh you know it was a lot less carrying leaving than it was getting yeah. there <laughs> yeah i think i think it's time that i invested in probably a little dolly just like a little fold-up dolly that we'd be able to stack on stack things onto and then just wheel it in and out as as we need to and make less trips make things well, a little easier for us i think we just need to get another sponsor and get a couple roadies Ah, uh, it's a good idea. I like that idea. Anybody <laughs> interested, just message Facebook. We'll be glad to take your money and promote the hell out of your business too, while we're at it. So uh big thanks to Gary Harper of Ottawa Dragway, uh, the Robinson family, Nick Hermson, Rowan Mason, Cole Newhoffen, uh, Eric Rempel, Scott Angel of uh, Nebraska's Dirt Crown, Jacob West, and Jack Jack Dover and uh Alex of Jack Dover Racing for coming over and uh, doing interviews with us. That was a lot of fun and uh, a good time was had all around. Yeah. And a, a thanks out to uh, Doc Riley for coming on the show with us for one and uh, mm -hmm. making sure we were taken care of. We had everything we needed. So, and uh, no issues this year, which I don't think we really had any issues last year. Did we? Well, no, I, I think the last two issues, the only year thing we had was we didn't have an electrical power cord yeah. that we needed to get started. And uh, maybe, uh, during the off season, we can send a note about being stuck in the corner like that when there were about three booths that weren't even used all the way up the wall to the yeah. entrance. So, 
Yeah, it, I, I, this might sound a little bit arrogant. So if it does, I, I do apologize. But you would think, you know, we kind of bring a little bit of a show factor. I don't know why you would stick us off in the corner. You know, every, several times we were doing interviews, we had crowds standing around listening to us. Yep. Um, so I, and maybe that's why. Maybe they thought, well, with the crowd, uh, we don't want to block up the aisles or something like that. So let's put them off in this area where uh, they won't be as much of a congestion when there is a crowd listening to their interviews. Yeah, uh, it's hard telling what they're thinking, or if uh, maybe we kind of fell into the hindsight category and like, oh crap, we still got to get the front stretch in. Right. Yep. Uh, coming up in turn number two, we're going to talk with Scott Angel of Nebraska's Dirt Crown. We kind of started to talk about that, and then we got off on a little bit of a tangent about racing and the cost of and and what the future may hold. So, good conversation with Scott, and a big thanks to him as a part of D Sign Shop got us new signs for the Fred stretch. So uh big thanks to him for helping out with that stuff. And of course, we're going to be playing his interview, like I said, coming up in turn number two, but in turn number one, we're going to recap the race at Richmond and get you set for any news that has broken or been released since we talked to you guys last, uh, last Thursday. And not a lot has happened, but uh, we will cover what we can uh, as, uh, as the week of news has happened or the weekend of news has happened. One of those pieces of information was Boone County Raceway announced on Monday they've decided to move their practice night from Friday, April 29th to Sunday, May 1st. Practice will be held from 3 to 7 and will be open to any classes. Pit passes are 10 bucks. Grandstands are free for viewing. They'll have a show and shine before practice starts. So if you'd like to show off your race cars, you'll be more than welcome to do that. And again, that's going to be shifting from April 29th to May 1st, which is a Sunday. Uh, I wonder if they did that to not interfere with any races that are already going on. That would be my guess, but I'm not in contact with anybody from there. So I, I really wouldn't have any idea for sure. Let's see. I think I 80 speedway runs that night. Yeah. That's a NASCAR points night for, for I 80 speedway. So I kind of wonder if maybe that's it. And plus that's the time of season when points racing is becoming hot and heavy. So moving it to yeah. a Sunday probably would be a little more conducive to them getting cars out there. Yeah, the point season's actually by the end of April, just getting started. You know, there's mm-hmm. several tracks that don't even start till May, but, uh, you know, it uh, it definitely plays into the equation. Speaking of that, we we talked about it uh, last week or two weeks ago. We talked about it sometime about Shelby County Speedway shortening their racetrack. Um, talked to a couple of people out at the racetrack on Saturday night at I-80. Various people who were close to that situation and said that the track is coming along nicely, that uh, everyone's excited for what they see, and that um, then I heard a rumor that the fair board had voted to not race in 2022. So I did my best to track it down, and everybody I talked to said that's complete bunk. There's no reason for that. Even think about logically, why, why would you spend all this money to shorten the track and, and do new things to it if you're just going to not race this year. So that it didn't make much sense to me, but I, I tried to do my best and track that information down. And uh, I think that is just a load of bunk. So, well, I did see a post concerning Shelby County on Facebook today where they were trying to find a, a lift. And uh, I'm guessing to probably get to work on the light situation. Yeah. It's removing the old lights first before they bring in new stuff or whatever their situation needs to be. But, uh, you know, maybe they're having trouble um, uh, getting the parts and pieces to complete things. Could be, could be. So if anybody knows anybody that's got a lift like that, just make sure to reach out to Shelby County Speedway. 
and uh, help those guys out get that stuff done so we can get to yeah, racing. Bob, Bob was the one. Bob was the one on the post. And okay, they talked about end of May, early June, right? I was going to they... say the first. The only thing I remember reading was May, but no date. Okay. So yeah, I, I, along, along those same lines, we've known for several weeks um, that Junction was not going to run. Mm-hmm. Okay, so today there's a post on Facebook, and uh, somebody was inquiring. You know, since Junction was not going to, you know, run this season where everybody was going to go that ran at Junction. Yeah. Maybe you can, you know, shed some light on my thinking on this. But I'm thinking since Junction runs on Saturday night, that basically the only tracks that should be affected by Junction not running are tracks running Saturday night. Right. Does that make sense or am I thinking the wrong way? No, I think you're thinking right. Because, I mean, somebody's going, well, I really hope it helps the car count at Beatrice. Um <laughs> You know, and then a couple people, you know, made their comments, Beatrice sucks because of this and because of that. And, uh, you know, the first thing in my head's going, what does a Friday night track have to do with a Saturday night track? And I realize that a few people only want to run one night a week, you know, and that type or, of thing. Or maybe it's a gear thing. Do you think they're running the same gear at Junction that they would at Beatrice? Um, I don't think so, but I've never raced on either of the tracks, so that I really can't answer. That, that's um, the only thing I can think of. I know a couple of people have told me they don't like running I-80 or they don't like running Eagle because the both the tracks at the in the same weekend because they just don't have time to switch gears. Well, man, I hate to say it, but, you know, outside of a hobby stalker, um, you know, switching gears is not a big deal. <laughs> you know, um, I, well, I've never done it. Float, if you've got a floating rear end or a quick change, yeah. You know, switching gears is not a big deal. Now it is, you know, if, if you're going to buy another center section and another set of gears and everything, you're going to have several hundred dollars invested in the second set of gears, mm-hmm. you know, and I know, you know, racers run on a budget. So that could be an issue, you know, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But, I just, I know I've had several people tell me that they just, they don't want to switch over gears and maybe that again, we talked about this. What drivers tell you what they're actually thinking sometimes is two totally different things. Well, and again, even if the gears were different from Junction to Beatrice, I know they're going to be different from Junction to Eagle. Mm-hmm. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. But uh, from Junction to Beatrice, the tracks run two different nights. Yeah. I mean, the only tracks that ought to be pro- possibly getting more cars to Junction not running are going to be Eagle and I think Albion. I think runs on Saturday night. I used to have a list. I haven't updated a list in a long time of what tracks run what nights because it. And I know Corning and Harlan or Shelby County, Mm -hmm. um, if it gets up and running, will be a Saturday night track just as Corning is. And uh, as far as I understand, Park Jefferson is going to run a full season. And that's a Saturday night track. You know, now if you're, if you're actually from Hastings or something and, and racing at Junction to go to, to pj or something is quite a drive so you know but it wouldn't be too big a drive to go to albion yeah we'll have to wait and see what happens i, I don't know it it uh, it'll be interesting to see what drivers at at junction decide to to race what other tracks i mean that that's a little bit of a drive to go from you know junction to harlan if they're if they decide to go and do that so it, it'll be it, i think if any track it's going to benefit probably going to be eagle the most because it's a pretty close racetrack well, Eagle and Albion are probably yeah. about the same distance from where Junction's at, or pretty close to it. 
Yeah. So we'll but, see what happens. But uh, speaking of Eagle Raceway, Advantage Racing TV announced on Monday afternoon that Saturday nights will be the home of Advantage Racing TV at Eagle Raceway. So they're going to be doing all of the uh, streaming broadcasts for races at Eagle Raceway. They're going to kick the season off in a couple of weeks at the Icebreaker Challenge, April 15th and 16th. It's also the Mod Mania. So sport mods and modifieds are racing both nights. Late models and stock cars are Fridays. Uh, hobby stocks and race saver sprint cars are on Saturdays. So um, there's a lot of people that was were hoping that Eagle Raceway would stream their races. Uh, they did that two years ago during COVID. Uh, the racetrack decided that uh, they crunched the numbers and, and realized they, they lost actually lost money on the streaming broadcast and what they had to pay people and the equipment they had to purchase. So they've reached an agreement with Advantage Racing TV to be the streaming partner for 2022. So streaming races at Eagle Raceway are back in 2022. Yeah, that's... Uh... A good thing for some, but I mean, I'll watch a race on TV just like anybody else would, but I'd much rather be at the track. Yeah, it is. It, it's it kind of coincidental this comes out because Scott, you, me and Scott had a long conversation about streaming in the, you know, the, the impact that it has on ticket sales. And I think that, uh, that it was one thing that Eagle and I-80 both expressed to me is I-80 refuses to have a streaming service come in for two reasons. One, they lose they lose that ticket sale, the concession sale and the beer sale. And two, they don't get near the profit kick that they used to with streaming services. Uh, I remember their contract with dirt on dirt for the silver dollar nationals. I didn't know the exact contract, but I knew that Joe was very happy with the amount of money he got with that. And um, it, it is night and day with Lucas oil contract. Um, Lucas oil does not pay the racetracks. Lucas oil TV does not profit share with the racetracks to my understanding. Uh, I don't know what advantage is, but, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, I'm not the guy running the books at advantage racing TV or flow or, or Lucas oil TV, but, uh, I think it's robbery. If you bring your streaming service in and you don't pay the racetracks for any potential ticket sales loss, I, I think that's just a, a load of bunk. Well, First of all, I've never had to negotiate with a streaming service. I mean, that's, I've been out of racing long enough that that was never an option for me. Mm -hmm. you know, so I have no idea what goes on behind the scene, but I'm thinking if you're just not getting a flat percentage, you know, to pay somebody to stream your races, I think is way out of bounds yeah. and to not get a percentage of what the company brings in is, you know, out of bounds too, yeah. you know, if you, and I don't mean 50 or 80% either. But I mean, 25%, 30%, I would think would be more than reasonable. And as you were missing, you know, talking about Joe saying, you know, he's missing ticket sales and everything. Yeah, no, that's that's not it. He gives away too many tickets during the year. They got that, well, you know, the for, first responders night. It, and they got it, this it, night. And they got hold that on. Night. In Joe's case, I'm talking strictly silver dollar nationals. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. And just I, I know, I know from personal experience, Joe does not give away very many tickets to the silver dollar nationals. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> the guys yeah, no, at Imperial not, tile yeah. probably have access to plenty of tickets. No, <laughs> but that's, that's far and few, few and far between, I guess, but anyways, but as far as, you know, the, the regular weekly racing type deal goes, you know, it, it honestly took them a while to figure out. Mm -hmm. But they have learned over the last in the last several years, prove it. You can pack your grandstands with free tickets and make a hell of a lot of money on food and liquor and everything else. Yeah. And to, 
to echo this, um, I know that, you know, let's say it's a $20 ticket uh, to get into the racetrack. I think Saturday at I-80 was, was 22, but let's just say 20 bucks. There's so many fees with selling a ticket that you have to pay the state of Nebraska. And it, it ends up coming out to be, you know, I think for a $20 ticket, you I think probably four or $5 of every ticket sold goes to the state of Nebraska in taxes. Probably now, something like that. If, if they give you that ticket, that's not a ticket sale. So there's no taxes that have to be paid on that. And a lot of times people are going to spend it at the concession stand. And there are still uh, sales taxes that has to be paid out, but it's far less for selling something at a concession stand than it is at a ticket window. So a lot of tracks, yeah, it's, that's that's what that's what a lot of tracks do. That's the Omaha Royals used to do uh, back in the day where they were still the Omaha Royals. They would give away as many free tickets because they knew that people would, if people came, they would still buy food, and you would still make your money back off of that. Yeah, absolutely. So your point exactly. Um, I would be a, more of a fan of it. I, I, I wonder, and this will be a conversation I'll try to have with the Advantage Racing TV guys, but I know one concern with Eagle is that, you know, far too many people would decide that ah, I just don't want to go out to the track tonight. Maybe it is too cold. Maybe it's too windy. Maybe it's, it's too hot. Uh, I'm just not going to go out to the racetrack tonight. So I'm going to, I'm going to spend, you know, $15 and get the Advantage Racing subscription. I'm a firm believer that there should be some sort of a blackout in the area that, you know, kind of like the NFL does. If, if a stadium isn't sold out, then it's blacked out for like 200 miles of the stadium. And so people within like Jacksonville, for instance, is always the example I heard. Uh, they could never sell out their stadium. So people within 200 miles of the Jacksonville stadium could not watch the game. Yeah. I don't know about the 200 miles for sure, but I, I know that it was, it was within a distance. Yeah. I, I don't remember what the, what the viewing area was considered because, you know, you'd go to like New York where you had the Jets and the Giants together, you know, kind of yeah. make things a little crazy there. But um, I kind of see what you're saying, but I really don't agree with it because I think if it costs $15 for a uh, subscription and they give 33% to the track, so the track gets five bucks, I don't think there should be a blackout. I yeah. really don't. You're going to piss more people off with something like that Probably. Uh, you're, yeah. You're, yeah. You know, and again, this is a conversation that you and I, and, and I've talked to several people that needs to be had and needs to be worked out. And the streaming stuff is still very new. They're figuring it out. And, and I yeah. understand advantage racing has a lot of cost. I mean, it is not cheap to run a broadcast and, and to be able to, to broadcast these races. It's not cheap at all. It costs a lot of money to get that up and running the software you need, the equipment you need, the manpower you need. Yeah. Uh, the wow. other aspect is, is that if you start blacking it out, what do you do with, you know, uh, great grandma Harker who should not be outside. She needs to be resting inside, but she wants to watch Sean race, or she wants to watch her great grandson race Preston. Wow. I, and she lives 10 miles from the racetrack, but it's, it's not possible or it's not, it's not for her good health being for her to be at the racetrack. She needs to be you know, inner house, comfortable environment, whatever. This is just a scenario I'm dreaming up off, off the top of my head. Then I think <clears> that person that. needs to get it. But, uh, you know, they need to be able to stream the races and be able to watch their kids. I get that part of it. So there's a lot of, well, this is a good idea. But when you think of a good idea, it causes three other issues. Right. But I honestly, I saw something like this coming when Roger was upgrading his uh, network there at the track over, over the offseason. Yeah. 
I didn't think he was doing that for everybody with their cell phone. <laughs> I, I just didn't. So I, I figured it was a streaming service that was that they were working with and trying to get something put together. Yeah. Uh, I like the guys over at Vantage Racing, and I'm excited about it because um, I'll be able to get replays of some of the stuff that happens. So maybe I won't be so wrong all the time, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, as, as long as they're paying the track. And again, I don't know what the service costs. I haven't checked into it. I've never done it. Well, I haven't said I've never done it because I have, but I don't do a whole lot of streaming or races. If I want to see a race and it's close, I'll try and get there. You know, um, yeah. the other night there was people off the back straight away that were pitted outside that were doing live feeds of the race at Saturday night. You yeah. Know? And, you know, you yeah, know, we, I don't like that. Right. You and we, and we talk about it with with Scott. Uh, there are several examples. I don't again, I don't like it, but I know that um, there are people that do it for the family members, the, the great grandparents of the family members. OK, well, yeah. You know, Again, it, if they can't make it to the track, they can watch a video two hours later. It's not going to yeah. make or break them. Yeah. And you're going to get a lot better video, too. I mean, it, to, that streaming at the racetrack is is terrible. It, the, the quality is, is very grainy. And uh, do we even talk about the pirates and the, and the scammers that are on the uh, raceways page with the click this link to stream the, the whatever race? Yeah, no, I think we've covered that enough <laughs> in our various things that... Uh, you know, if people can't figure it out yet, you know, God help them. Yeah. That's all I can say. <laughs> Very true. All right. I think that's it. This coming weekend, let's see. No racing at IED Speedway. Uh, Eagle Raceway is holding their annual practice night. That's going to be Saturday night, 2 to 5. So their open practice is going to be from 2 to 5. Yeah, I just remember it was early. Mm -hmm. That's all I could remember. I don't know of any other races. Uh, what uh, I think Saturday night, is it the stock car challenge is racing on Saturday? They're going to be racing at off-road speedway. That's Ooh. right. That's correct. I, I really want to go to that. Have you been out there? No, I have that's not. Terry, that's uh, uh, Jerry Pospisil's so. track, right? Yep. Short track, I think. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's a four tenths or a three eighths, okay. but I think it's right in that range. I mean, they've had a, a racetrack in that area for a long time. Then Riviera raceway closed. And there was a few years with no racing and then they come back with then build off road. So, um, but I have not been up there, but uh, maybe I should just get a motel up there because I got to deliver a van up there on Friday. So <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I know Anthony said that he's going to go up there. Uh, looks like, so they're going to be running on, uh, like we talked about on Saturday, it's the off-road speedway crown challenge in Norfolk, Nebraska stock car, Star cars paying 2000 to win 150 to start modifieds are going to be paying a thousand to win 100 to start hobby stocks 500 to win. Uh, let's see pit gates open up at three o'clock grandstand gates open up at 430 hot laps are at 530 racing at 615 pit pass 35 bucks um, general admission tickets 15 kids 15 in under get in for free. So that'd be a good night. God, I wish I could go up to that. Mm. Yeah, I just checked the weather. Uh, high for Saturday's predicted at 62, but it's going to be dry. So, so it might chill off a little bit when the sun goes down. But. Yeah, a little bit of a chilly night, but, uh, you know, extra coat, stocking cap, maybe some gloves. You'll be all right. Yeah, of course, you give your hair another week to grow. You might be okay. <laughs> Not growing my <laughs> hair back out. You are, you are the second person today that said I should grow my hair back out. It's not happening. I love, <laughs> love having a buzzed head all right so uh that's the racing to come eagle raceway uh 
practice night from two to five and then off-road speedways doing their crown challenge featuring the stock crown stock car crown summer series and modifieds and hobby stock so it looks like it's just three classes that shouldn't go too late well gonna be a lot of guys their first night on the track yeah. for the year I, so again i say shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't you know uh, there'll be a few yellows let's just put it that way yeah uh nascar announced the nominees for their 2023 uh, class. It includes Matt Kenseth, 2003 NASCAR Cup Series champion, and um, big fan of the Joey Logano or a big uh, big friend of the Joey Logano haters. Uh, oh, yeah. Tim Tim Brewer, two time Cup Series crew chief champion. Let's see AJ Foyt, seven time Cup Series winner. Uh, yeah, Sam- now that's in, uh, AJ was in that second category. Um, uh, is it called the classic category or something and then they got the modern era or something yeah uh so the article reads matt kenseth and tim brewer joined the modern era ballad for the first time aj foyt is added to the pioneer ballad along with sam ard who is a nominee in the uh who is a nominee in the class of 2020 yeah pioneer that's i couldn't i said classic but yeah old timers basically so here's your modern era ballad. And, and so it includes Neil Bonnet, Tim Brewer, Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, Harry Gant, H- Harry Hyde, Matt Kenseth, Larry Phillips, Ricky Rudd, and Kirk Shel- Shelmerdine. Shelmerdine? Shelmerdine, yes. Okay. Uh, Pioneer ballad includes Sam Ard, AJ Foyt, Banjo Matthews. Really? Yep. Guy's name is, his parents really named him Banjo? That's all I ever heard him called. <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute. You know about all the inbreeding in NASCAR. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, <laughs> you know, people talk about how weird people name their kids today, and we and the Trickles actually named their kid Dick, and the Matthews pulled out Banjo. I mean, <laughs> just. <laughs> Idea, but that's the laugh I needed today. <laughs> All and, right, and you you probably won't believe this, but Banjo Matthews was very short. <laughs> was, was he a midget? <laughs> was he a midget? <laughs> no, I don't know if that's a fact or not, but I just had to throw out okay. there. <laughs> just because I knew the reaction I would get. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Herschel McGriff and Ralph Moody round out the Pioneer Ballot. Uh, landmark Award goes to Janet Guthrie, Alvin uh, Alvin Hawkins, Mike Helton, Lisa France Kennedy, and Dr. Joseph Maliotti. Uh, Matt sure Taloni, uh, founder of Pocono Raceway. So those are the nominees for the 2023 NASCAR Hall of Fame. <sighs> I hated that. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to Richmond. Uh, I, for what we were able to watch, I, I thought that was a good race. That was a really, really good race. Yeah, I mean, and I saw people today on Facebook again. There was no, there was no race until the final twenty laps. There was none of this. There was none of that. Well, we missed the first segment, and Blaney led every lap, so there probably wasn't a whole lot of race in that first segment. Yeah, but. You know, after that, I think there was 15 or so lead changes. Um, they uh, uh, not too many caution laps. 
Um, so a uh, clean race. 13 um, lead changes among seven drivers. Uh, five cautions for 35 total laps. Yeah, but out of a you know a 400 lap race, and uh, two of those cautions, uh, well, three of them. I'm sure they had a competition caution. Then the two stages. That means yeah. they only had two two actual cautions during the race. So that's pretty clean for 400 laps of racing. Um, uh, doesn't look like there was a competition caution. First caution came at lap 11 for the number 45 car stopped on the back stretch. Second caution was at lap 72 for the end of, end of stage one. Third caution was at lap 232 at the conclusion of stage two. And you had um, an incident in turn two and then incident on the back stretch. And I, I know I'm so missing no one there. But I well, yeah, like I said, we missed stage one. So, yeah, you know, did not know that. But uh, it just seems like they've had competition costs in just about every race. But evidently they didn't have any rain or anything. And they had enough practice that they were happy with tire wear. So, you know, um, I didn't hear anything. Again, we didn't see the whole race. But I didn't hear anything about any tires falling off this week. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that. We haven't heard. Again, the penalties will come out, uh, what, Tuesday, I think. Yeah, usually they announce that one, you know, so the, real the, quick or there's an article about it or something right away. Yeah. But uh, um, I saw other people today, come, you know, making their smart ass comments about, well, I, I don't see any young guns up there this time. And I'm looking through there and I'm going, well, like five or six of the drivers in the top 10 were under 30. Yeah. What, they might not have uh, won, but. Byron, Larson, Bell, Blaney, Bowman, Dylan. Austin Dillon's under 30, right? Um, he might be right at 30. But, I mean, you're still talking about uh, um, Hendricks Motorsports, basically, and Ryan Blaney. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was plenty of young drivers up there. But uh, somebody made the, a comment back to this guy, and he says, well, what do you say about positions like 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10? <laughs> and the guy says, I'm not talking about them. <laughs> they don't fit my argument, so I ignore them. Yeah, those aren't young guns. <laughs> Kyle Larson's not a young gun. <sighs> William Byron's not, you know. Right. And so one guy started to argue with him, so I just went and replied to this guy. I said, don't waste your time trying to argue with that guy. Yeah. You know damn well he's lost or he's just trying to piss you off. Yeah. And so then the guy comes back at me, Dirk Houston, what the, what the F do you mean? Or no, are, what the F are you talking about? And so I went back to the other guy and I commented, you see how I'm using my own advice? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. let's talk about that last segment that we were able to, uh, to get to watch there at the world of wheels while we were streaming the race. Um, uh, I, boy, I tell you that strategy actually kind of worked out for William Byron. I did not think he would get a top five finish better get a top three finish and third is where he ended up finishing. Well, the tires evened out, but I think the it seemed, you know, the, the strategy would have worked if he would have won. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I still think, though, I mean, I don't know. May, I, I'm, I'm, my perception and my feeling is a top three finish for William Byron, that's a good finish. And I, I still think a top five on that strategy, yeah, he didn't win the race, but it worked out pretty good. It didn't work out the well, best it could, but it worked out pretty good. Well, I'm saying that Denny Hamlin's strategy worked out better. <laughs> yeah. And, and we didn't see enough of the race to, uh, to know exactly, you know, where the strategy started 
and everything on, on getting on all these off pit stops and who is going to pit stop, you know, who was going to pit first and who was going to pit last. And, yeah, you know, we don't really know if that started clear back in the first segment, maybe a bunch of guys pitted right before the end of the first stage to try and get track position, you know, um, since we didn't get to see it, we really don't know what happened. Yeah. All I know is everything I read said Blaney led every lap of the first stage. Yep. And, and you know? he, he was kind of the guy to, to beat that on, at least in stage one. Um, where'd he finish? Uh, fifth in stage two. So not a bad finish there and kind of seemed like his car. We were talking about it while we were sitting at the booth. He came in and got a pit stop. He should have moved forward a lot faster. Uh, but I don't know if he got stuck in lap traffic because, you know, Fox just wasn't, they were showing him a little bit, but not a lot. So I don't know if he was just getting stuck, bad timing with lap traffic, or maybe he just got a bad set of tires that just didn't have the grip like he was expecting, but he didn't move forward through the field like Martin Truex Jr., Kyle, uh, uh, Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick did. Well, they were just better and dirtier than he was. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, you know, when he was out front, he was very fast, but when he wasn't out front, he wasn't so fast. And we've seen that many drivers have that issue at many different tracks. So, yep. Um, but, you know, uh, he was on the pole. He definitely had the speed, but again, it was when he was in clean air. So I think Denny and, Hamlin uh, took the, uh, took the lead with like what, five, six to go, five to go. I was going to say, I thought it was eight and then Harvick got on his rear bumper with about three or four to go. Yeah. And then that's what I'm thinking of is Harvick got right there. I, I thought Harvick had the car, but Hamlin got through the lap traffic, uh, perfectly. And, uh, and it just put put the uh, four in a little bit of a bind. And so Harvick wasn't able to get by the lap traffic as quickly and really put a challenge on Hamlin. And uh, so Danny Hamlin ends up picking up the win for the veterans. Well, he definitely, Harvick would have moved him if he would have got to it. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. that You know, it's been too long since he's been a victory lane. Yeah. He definitely would have moved him. Oh, yeah. Which would have pissed off the whole state of Virginia. But that's probably <laughs> the point. Would, oh my god could you imagine i kind of wish they would have that would have been kind of just good story to talk about on monday and tuesday oh yeah it would have been would have been could have been but unfortunately that's just the kind of way harvick's running here lately william byron who uh who led for quite a few of the uh closing laps uh he led two different times for 122 laps but he led quite a bit of the end of that final stage uh, stayed out on old tires and somehow made it work, uh, in my opinion, uh, somehow kind of made it work. And he was, as a closing lap, Denny Hamlin was able to catch him and get by him. And then Harvick is able to get by him and Byron was able to hold on. But at one point in time, they were talking about Martin Truex Jr. being a second faster than William Byron. Uh, and that's kind of when you and I were starting to talk about, I, we're not sure William Byron's going to be able to stay in the top 10 if uh if it continues to fall off like this but like you said the tires equalized and, and maybe byron was able to work lap traffic a little bit better than truex was but truex really never challenged for the race lead there uh, as in the closing laps yeah no he never got within what eight tenths of the lead yeah. something like that you he know could, yeah, I he, think he it, was never on his bumper or anything at, like that at one point in time they were they were you know a couple of car links separated but then Hamlin caught Truex and started getting Truex out of the way. And that's kind of how things unfolded. And from there, Truex fell back. He ended up finishing fourth. Kyle Larson started 21st, ended up finishing fifth. Good run for uh, the defending champion, Christopher Bell. Uh, the old, old man, Christopher Bell, finished sixth. 
Ryan Blaney seventh, Alex Bowman eighth, Kyle Bush ninth, and the wily old veteran Austin Dillon finished in tenth. Oh, and a whole lot of screaming about the Kyle Bush deal. I'm online today too. How dare NASCAR enforce a penalty? How dare? Well, I do also have a bitch with the fact that they waited for 200 laps <laughs> to enforce it. Yeah, that's. But I, I I see both both sides of it. First of all, they'd have got called on the carpet if they didn't enforce it because everybody right. else knew it. I'll guarantee you. Right. And now they're getting called on the carpet for waiting until they figured it out to enforce it. Yeah. And, and I just want to correct one thing. And it's just simple wordage for me. I don't think they waited. I think they just finally caught it. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what I think happened too. I don't think yeah. they waited. You know, I think when, once they realized that there was an issue that they went ahead and, uh, you know, made the call, mm -hmm. but again, the fact that it was 200 laps late, yeah, was uh, a little bit. Of, did he, have, uh, did he have to do a, a pass through penalty? I think he had to stop in his box and get it in. So he had to, he basically had to come back down pit road, get the tape removed, and then go back out. Correct, just stop and go. Yeah, uh, and he ended up finishing ninth. Uh, I I don't really feel like he probably had a top five car, maybe maybe a fifth or a fourth, which which means a lot, especially to a guy like Kyle Busch. So I can understand if he was upset. Um, but still hell of a job by him to recover to, to ninth. Yeah. You know, and, uh, um, he had to go a lap down, but if he, since he was in the pit box stopped, I mean, I don't know if he took a set of tires, you know, yeah. and made just a little pit stop out of it. You know, I don't remember them saying anything about it when it happened, but, uh, yeah, he did go a lap down, but he ended up getting his lap back. So I would, I would bet he'd. What do you think? Two tires or maybe, or do you go with a full set? Oh, he would have gone with a full set. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to fake a green flag pit stop, you're going to do a pit stop. So uh bad day for Kurt Busch who finished 35th. Uh, AJ Allmendinger, uh, 27th. Eric Amarola, 21st. Ross Chastain, 19th. Joey Logano, no. 17th. That's kind of the rest of the, of the leaders. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Allmendinger, not, uh, he's not even running for points in Cup, so to say he had a bad day doesn't make any sense. You know, he's he's not getting any points up there. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, they don't have – they've got a car in, in all the races, but I think they've got it split up amongst several different drivers, so I don't think there's a driver champion running for them, but they still have the owner's points where they could possibly make up some, make some noise. So that's how it unfolded at Richmond. Overall, I think it was a good race and uh, can't wait to see Martinsville. Uh, is that Martinsville this weekend? Um, yeah, the Blue Emu Maximum. Week, and then, and then Bristol. What's that? Martinsville this week, then Bristol next week. Yeah. Ooh, three road uh, short tracks in a row. <laughs> the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400 at Martinsville Saturday night at 7.30. Make note, your picks need to be in by 6.30 Eastern time. Sorry, 6.30 Central time, as that is the start of the green, of the uh, race. 7.30 Eastern, that's the time I read off. It's going to be on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Qualifying is going to be on Friday along with practice on Friday. So they'll practice from 3.30 to 5, and then they'll qualify from 5 to whenever they're done qualifying. That's going to be on Friday. So again, Saturday night racing action at uh, Martinsville Speedway. We'll get you more information on that on Thursday when we get you set for the weekend of racing to come.
no penalties reported as far as the uh, post-race inspection. Danny Hamlin was cleared. Uh, NASCAR also took the 19 of Martin Truex Jr., the 99 of Daniel Suarez back to the R&D Center for further inspection. So again, Dirk, that kind of cocks my head to the left a little bit. Didn't we talk about five cars got taken one weekend? Yeah, well, they take cars for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you right now, they took the 19 car because he was very fast for about 20 laps and then he kind of fell on his face. You know, and they want want to know what, what his setup was to see what caused that. That's or, exactly what they want to know. Or know? did he just sandbag? Hmm. You know, to not. I kind of doubt that. I know. <laughs> you know. Sorry, I'm just drumming no. up some listeners. If if he would have been sandbagging, maybe he sandbagged to let Hamlin win the race, but he would have passed Byron. You know, and he mm-hmm. tried to pass Harvick. Yeah, he's not going to sandbag to other teams. He might sandbag to a teammate, but not to other teams. Uh, so Hamlin, Truex, and Suarez, those are the three cars that went back to the R&D Center. If we're going to hear anything about uh, post-race penalties, it'll come on Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon, so we'll get you updated on that on Thursday's episode. Um, that's it. Do you get anything else? Yes, I do. Let's talk about it then. Edwin Keith Banjo Matthews. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Okay, so so Ban- Banjo was his nickname. Evidently. Okay. Damn it. But I'd never heard him called anything else either, so I had to go look it up. Edwin Keith? Edwin Keith Banjo Matthews. All right, then. He's got my vote. I think we need a Banjo in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I'm just thinking somewhere down the line, he was playing a banjo at the racetrack or something. <laughs> There's got to be something silly about that name. I, I might do dueling pianos or dueling banjos at the end of this just for fun. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us in turn number one. We're going to come back. Turn number two, Scott Angel of the Nebraska Dirt Crown and of D-Sign Shop is going to join us. Our first of many interviews we'll be playing that we gathered from the World of Wheels Car Show. Big thanks to those guys once again for letting us come down and be goofballs that we are uh, and, and do interviews and, and get some uh, work done ahead of time. So thanks to the World of Wheels Car Show. If you missed it, uh, I can tell you Anthony Ainsley took a ton of pictures. I was thumbing through my phone on Sunday night as I was about ready to fall asleep. I didn't take a single picture of our booth. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was in the one video, I think, wasn't it? And I saw Crystal oh, yeah. Robinson posted a picture when we were talking to the boys. And yeah, there we was a couple of videos. The Larrys and the Haas and, and all those guys. Yeah, but, big Haas now. Hey, there was another banjo. I just looked up to make sure I was correct. Yeah. Another banjo in racing that's quite famous is Banjo Grimm. Oh, he really? He was Mark Martin's crew chief um, when Mark Martin was an ASA wizard. Okay. Before he ever became to the big boys. All right. So we've got a second banjo in the NASCAR circuit. Yep. A couple of banjos. So you can do dueling banjos and not feel bad about it. I wouldn't have before, but thanks for the permission. <laughs> Scott Angel's coming up next. Hang tight. We'll be right back. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids Night. Tuesdays are All You Can Eat Wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. 
Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the lube today for all the green flag NASCAR action. We are down at the World of Wheels car show, the 67th. I don't know. I think it's about our fifth. I think he said 67th (laughs) this year when we were talking to Doc a couple of weeks back. See if it says it on here. Yep, 67th annual. Dirk, I remembered a number. That's it, boys and girls. The world's officially coming to an end. Well, when it matches your IQ, it's pretty easy to remember. <laughs> that was an easy number to remember. I don't I think s- I was at the first I could say one, it's your age. <laughs> nah, it's a little, little too old. A little light on that still. but Yeah, a little light on that still. That's why I can't say I was at the first one, but I'll bet I was at, like, number 10. Probably. And most of them since then. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to the World of Wheels for having us come down once again. Great show. Can't wait to uh, to see it again next year. I think it. we might have seen the kind of valley, and I think it kind of feels like it's back on the upswing again. Well, let's get to talking racing. That's long enough of not talking racing. A glutton for punishment. He not only owns a sign shop, works in the racing industry. He's a concert promoter when the artists decide to show up. And he's a race promoter when Mother Nature doesn't decide to be herself. We're talking with Scott Angel of D-Sign Shop. By the way, thank you so much for the new banners. Those look sweet. Hey, I'm glad I can help you guys out a little bit for everything you do for us. (laughs) Well, of course, we're happy to help. And uh, the Nebraska Dirt Crown, I guess I could say it's very apropos. You guys got it underway this year. uh, Two nights short. But at least you got it underway this year. We got to race, and yeah. I think that was a, a big step in the right direction for us, finally, after uh, two years of not being able to race. Well, if I was you, I would promise Mother Nature her check after the four days, <laughs> not before. I don't, yeah. maybe, maybe go talk to some Native Americans about doing some sort of... Uh, Please Mother Nature dance, some sort of chant. And I rain dance. Well, I I think next year, and and this was kind of a joke last year, was uh, we're really going to go after the farmers because they seem to be struggling for moisture. Yeah. And uh, wherever their fields are dry, we can just promote a race there, and uh, hopefully we can get them to sponsor us. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, so the Thursday portion of the Dirt Crown this year and the Friday portion, uh, Thursday was at US 30? Yeah, Thursday was supposed to be US 30, and... Friday at I-80 Speedway, and Mother Nature got both those. Saturday got underway at Beatrice, and uh, talk a little bit about that and how everything went for, uh, for that night. Uh, Saturday, I mean, it was really exciting uh, to actually get to the racetrack and have cars roll in, and 140 cars rolling in on the Saturday portion. Um, really a good car count um, for, for really a two-day weekend for us. Uh, is it what we wanted? No. Is it what we expect in the future? No. Did we get some good racing? And yeah, we did. And and uh, the racetrack 
it had a little bit of character, and rightfully so after the rain they had all weekend. Uh, Beatrice Speedway did a great job just getting us a racetrack to put cars on. So it was some good racing. Jake McBurney uh, was over here from Iowa and picked up a win. Not really the way he wanted to win, but, you know, starting on the front row always helps when uh, Clay Money had troubles. Clay and Doug Money, uh, just ignition problems all weekend that they, yeah. they struggled with. Um, so McBurney inherited the pole and led every lap, um, which was cool for him. You know, a big $2,500 payday. A uh, young driver moving out of the sport model ranks and second generation, I believe, maybe even third with the McBurney family out of Iowa. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, Benji Leg redeemed himself after the stock car tip over the week before. Benji, uh, it was uh, a, a really ass kicking by Benji, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, He's obviously a talented guy, obviously a veteran, and probably somebody we need to finally get on the show. Maybe I'll message him about coming on on Saturday or on Sunday uh, for the World of Wheels. But yeah, I got to watch him uh, at, at Beatrice uh, the week before for their Spring Nationals, and a force to be reckoned with just didn't have the luck. Yeah, he didn't, um, which was cool to see him come back. Uh, the guys at Jet Racing worked all week to get that car ready to go for him, and uh, he put him uh, $2,000 ahead of the game with that, with that feature win, and uh, it was kind of interesting because a lot of people on Flow didn't even know Benji was in the race. Uh, <laughs> he was checked out. Great race behind him, uh, but Benji was, Benji was checked out in that deal. Um, so all in all, a good race there for him. Uh, Nick Rodebaum, again, picking up a feature win in the hobby stocks. Nick is... Uh, a hard competitor all the time, no matter where he goes with that deal. Uh, so that was that was cool to see. And then Adam Armstrong, he's kind of had an up and down season already. But Adam picked up the Saturday night portion of the uh, Dirt Crown. Um, so that was that was really neat to see that one. And then uh, Bolmeyer, the, the Daniel Bolmeyer kid, uh, picked up the Sport Compact. Drake, 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 no, the older one. And I was not Drake, Zach, Zach. I was Zach. really impressed with. Uh I think Drake moved into the sport mods this year. Drake did move into the sport mods. Um, you know, a kid, he's, he's young. He's very smart in the race car. It was, it was an interesting move to see him move from the sport compacts where he was really dominant, honestly, and then jumping into a sport mod, and he doesn't look bad. Very few laps and, and a really good head on himself. So good to see that. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a talent to reckon with over the next uh, next coming years as he gets, gets used to that sport mod. But... Um, had to feel good to finally get it underway, even though it was a little bit of truncated. Yeah, it was just a good feeling to finally have races going. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that we've been doing for two years is getting a ton of door prizes for these guys. And to, to be able to actually give something away and give our sponsors some love and, and uh, everything like that was a really big thing for us. Let the racers actually realize who we are and what we want to do for them. So we're in it to, to make racing better and, and to appreciate the racers. So... We finally had that opportunity on Saturday night. Uh, we had a Stone Cold Restorations jump on board and give away $3,000 uh, worth of an engine build or parts. Um, Clay Money actually won that, um, a driver <laughs> out of Kansas. Uh, but Alan Veris, huge step up there with the $3,000, um, just a certificate at Random Draw during the pit meeting, which was super cool to have. Uh, he came on like the week of to, to do that deal, so... Something cool for our drivers, uh, QA1 halfway leader, uh, Tyler Fry. You know, he's gotten it once already from us. Uh, so it's just names after names in our, in our whole race deal. So uh, Saturday was, was a good night. Thayer County, uh, Sunday, a little bit of a lower car count. And I, I think that's just probably, Dirk and I had a long conversation about it on the show. I don't think it's anything you guys did other than it's a Sunday. And there, it, it kind of, it's, it's tough to get guys to come out on a Sunday. 
One of the things that I think we really did on, on Sunday that's going to hit home for, for future Sunday shows is we, we ran the show right through. Yeah. Um, you know, the night after a rubber down racetrack, you know, you lose some guys there. Uh, Sunday show, they want to get home on the road. Um, we proved to them that, hey, we're going to give you a racetrack. Um, the guys at Thayer County Speedway, uh, we were there at 8 o'clock in the morning working on the racetrack with them. They provided a racy racetrack, and we were able to get the show done right away. I think guys were on the road home by 7, 7.30, so starting at 4, wow. and, and they could race three wide. You know, Was it the best conditions? No, but a lot of drivers said they would take that any day. Three wide racing, three lanes to race in. They could choose where they wanted to go. Well, early season racing, you, you, you got conditions. You just can't you know, get rid of it. Just life. It, it is, and, and the Thayer County Speedway, they, last year, right before the SLMR show there, uh, they put on some new dirt. Um, they were really trying to rejuvenate that place, and uh, I think we were a step in the right direction. So uh, a lot of guys excited to go back. It's a unique place to race and give them some races there. Um, man, Dirk, you mentioned earlier the flow top five. We <laughs> made that, and that was kind of a Number one a on shock. the top five. Yeah, number one on top five. What do you say? You got Jesse Sobbing, Tyler Fry. Jordan Grabowski in stock cars. Um, and you had Grabowski and Sobbing in the mods and, yeah. with the crossover move. Yeah. It was just great racing. Um, it, it had to give you a little bit of blood pressure rising when you saw those two going at it because there's no uh, friendship there. No. no love lost with those two. They're both fierce competitors, but they will take what they have to from each other in order to win the race. They know what they can do with each other. They know what they can do in the race car. And, and honestly, if it's for the checkered flag and modifieds is 2,500 again and stock cars is 2,000. So, I mean, for those dollar amounts, why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and those two guys both run different equipment. Yes. Yeah, they do. And, so. and honestly, if, if I think with those guys, yeah, money helps them, but they're competitors at heart. I, they, I wouldn't say they would race for free. But they'll be out there racing if, if they can, and, and they're going to lay it on the line for just even a trophy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen our trophies yet, but our little neon signs, I think, oh, were yeah. kind of a hit. So uh, hopefully we can continue something cool like that for the future and make it a trophy that everybody wants. Uh, but, yeah, so Tyler Fry and, and Jesse Sobbing went at it. Jordan came, I think, from, like, 13th in the Modifieds. And, <laughs> I mean, it was just crazy racing three wide the whole time. And, uh, Jesse picked up two wins, stock car and a modified. And then uh, Dylan Richards and the Hobby Stocks picked up a win, which is good to see Dylan back uh, up front. And then um, his wife actually won the uh, Sport Compacts, Kaylee. Huh. Uh, and then Lance Borgman. Uh, yeah. the, the Sport Mod class was a, a great race. Uh, you had some guys up front with troubles. Lee Horky is a guy who's, for whatever reason, got Deschler figured out. He was a track champion last year at uh, Beatrice Speedway, and he started off the year real strong, picked up a win at Beatrice, and looked like he was probably on the way to another win at Deschler, and then broke a transmission, so uh, good racing there all day again. All right, uh, you've probably got a thick no notebook of what you guys want to do different for 2023. Is there anything that you could share with us, maybe some format changes? Uh, Anything you want to do? I mean, the biggest change that we're going to have to figure out is the, the void of <laughs> I-80, unfortunately. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing that concerns us the most. Uh, Joe and Lisa, I mean, it, it's crazy to say that they've supported us the whole time. And uh, Lisa was working with us all weekend. 
and we had Joe. Uh, Joe was there in the background uh, giving us advice where he thought we needed it, uh, which is awesome to have you know, somebody like that in your back pocket. All right, let's talk about the uh, Stock Car Crown Summer Series, because even though the Dirt Crown is in the books for 2022, you still got a lot of work left to do. Uh, Stock Car Summer Series coming up. Uh, it already ran at Beatrice Speedway. What was that? Uh, last Saturday, right? April Two weeks. 2nd? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Uh, during their spring national show. Um, <laughs> man, again, stock cars, what do you say about them? Yeah. I mean, that's the best class no matter where you go. Uh, stock cars are the up-and-coming class, and you had Tyler Fry, and you had Kyle Vanover, and Jordan Grabowski. Uh, those were the top three. And behind that, I mean, it was 10 cars. You could throw a blanket over them, racing from fourth on back. And it was a, it was a great show. Guys from Kansas and Colorado, Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska. I mean, just great. So soccer future, I think, is bright for us. Yeah. I, that, Dirk and I have noted it several times on the show. The soccer class is starting to not only thicken up a little bit with, with plenty of cars in the field, but the talent is insane. And you say talent, and it's not even, you know, there's, there's some guys out there that complain, oh, well, all the mod guys are getting into stock cars now. The stock car guys that want to get after it, if you're in a stock car, they're getting after it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a player to be reckoned with by the end of the season is going to be Jeff Ware. Yeah. Uh, moving up out of the hobby stock class. Uh, of course, you have Kyle Vanover and some of those guys. Who's uh, she? Yeah, right. <laughs> you and Kylie. So we, we get it, Dan. <laughs> Dan, you do what? Nothing. What'd the bus say? Nothing. <laughs> but no, the stock car class, I, I mean. It's, I think uh, the bus said hi to turn two, didn't it? Yeah, the bus did. That was, uh, <laughs> that was interesting, to say the least, over there. Eagle Raceway bus races are always something that, uh, oh, that was entertaining. Something always entertaining there. But yeah, the, the, those, the regular stock car guys, what you were saying, they're, they're no slouches. Jed Williams, Dusty Blake, I mean, those are some of the guys down south. You go north, you get uh, Damon Richards, and you get uh, Cameron and Kyle Wilkinson. Todd Guru was with us last weekend. It's just going to be really interesting to see some of these guys uh, as the stock car series gets rolling here this coming weekend at, at uh, the off-road speedway and then uh, Eagle Raceway after that. So it's going to be interesting. 2,000 to win at off-road speedway, 1,000 to win at Eagle Raceway on April 15th. Yeah, the... Uh you know, you're talking about how good this racing is. For years, I uh, loved watching the programs at Sunset and at Eagle and at Harlan. And, of course, Harlan went into the stock cars a long time ago when they went to IMCA. But now the programs have just morphed over to that. Yes. You don't see a program really very much anymore. It's just all stock cars. And it's always been great racing. It's just I think the mod guys coming down have made it that much better. It's made the competition that much stiffer. Um, it's It's crazy. The level of competition in the stock cars, no matter where you go, and uh, you know the programs that was that was the class. Um, I80 Speedway. I remember as a kid, I didn't care about a super late model. What was that? <laughs> I mean, I wanted to see the pro am class. That well, was what was something there. you could recognize. That yes. looked like a Camaro. Yes. you know that looked like a Nova. So yeah, you could you could identify with it. Yeah, now, we talked about it when we uh, when we chatted with you and made the announcement uh, with the stock car crown. Uh, your, the information can be found on uh, the Dirt Crown Facebook page, right? Yeah, Nebraska Dirt Crown uh, on Facebook is, is where we're going to ho house that right now. Um, is it the right thing to do? I don't know, but it's easier for us that way. One less thing that we have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it keeps everything together. Uh, keeps all of our racing folks together. 
Um, so yeah, all the stock car information is going to be there. It's an exciting few weeks coming up here for sure. Absolutely. Stock Car Crown Series, Summer Series, coming up uh, once again April 9th at, uh, at uh, Off-Road Speedway, April 15th at Eagle Raceway. Take a little bit of a break, coming back June 12th at Dawson County Raceway, then July 10th at Boone County Raceway. They're back at I-80 Speedway for the Silver Dollar Nationals, the Thursday portion, July 21st at I-80 Speedway. Thayer County Speedway, August 2nd, US 30 on April 1st, and then wrapping it up with the final race at I-80 Speedway on October 15th. Yeah, that's going to be something that's pretty cool. Um, you mentioned the month, of, the month of July in there, and uh, July, it's probably going to be one of those where it's nine to 10000 to win for yeah. those two races. It says $3,011 on that Tanner Pelster, and uh, in talking with the, the Pelster family and the folks at Boone County Raceway, they feel it's pretty easily going to pay 5000 to win that race again. Wow. Um, so they pay back awesome. That's going to be an awesome fairgrounds race. You know, that's the cool part about it. They'll have the whole atmosphere of the Boone County Raceway. And as a kid, the Boone County Challenge was something cool. And so this race up there will be really cool before you go to Silver Dollar, which... Are all of the races going to be streamed? So that's something that's in discussion right now. Flow Racing has a couple of them. Next weekend, uh, Advantage Racing TV and IMCA is going to jump on that one, and I believe Eagle probably has IMCA TV for their icebreaker. So uh, that's something that's in the works right now. Um, We want something put together so everybody can watch all this stuff, Uh, but we'd rather have you at the racetrack. Right. That's what it's the only way. Like so many people are asking about the uh, spring meltdown. Uh, Are you guys streaming? Are you guys streaming? IED's taking a firm stance that unless it's going to be the big shows like the Lucas Oil Late Model Shows or the World of Outlaws, there's not going to be any streaming at I-80. Frankly, they want you out at the Speedway. They want your butt in the seat because some of these streaming services do not profit share with the tracks. And that's the big thing, and that's something that we're looking at you know, wholeheartedly with what we're doing. Um, we want to make it for the racetrack. Uh, we don't want people to sit at home and pay for a streaming and then they don't come and buy the, the pork tenderloin or the cheese right. curds or the Coke or or any of that it. stuff. Now I'm hungry. I know, right? It's only about <laughs> 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'm talking about pork tenderloins. Where's yeah. the waiter? Yeah. <laughs> Sir? Salt. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the streaming is, is awesome because, you know, mom and pop or grandma and grandpa yeah. maybe, you know, hours and hours away. Um, that's cool um, to, to let them see what we have going on. But at the same time, you know, being there in, in the stands is, is really where, you know, you get the dirt in your beer and, and have a lot of fun and experience true dirt track racing. Absolutely. And, you know, it, that's a, it's a very complex conversation as far as streaming goes. You kind of touched on it a little bit. It's frustrating when the able-bodied person can get out to the racetrack, but they don't, and they pay the $15 or whatever to, to stream the race. Um, but then there's guys, you know, like Dirk a year ago, two years ago. It was tough for you to be out at the racetrack for a long period of time. Joe Kaziski just got flow racing from his, as a gift from his family for Christmas. And he goes, Dan, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He loves it, but he also understands the other aspect of it, that there are streaming services that don't profit share with the tracks. So that's a huge loss for the track. Yeah, and what's, what's interesting is you, you speak of, of some of these streaming services, and if you think about it, by the time you lose a couple hundred people because they sit at home, well, you think about their ticket sales, the concession sales. The beer sales. The beer sales. I mean, really, you lose quite a bit of money because – 
100 people, 200 people stayed home. And, and when you think about that, that hurts a racetrack. Yeah. And when, when racing is what it is and, you know, we need to have as many supporters at the racetrack as possible to make the racetrack profitable so they can continue to give the racers profitable, you know, racers are never going to be profitable, but give them a decent, a decent purse, um, the, the streaming services sometimes aren't the best idea. Right. Well, and to me, it's, it's just like the Facebook Live people. You know, you want to post a video and post it after the last checkered flag, go for it. But if you're showing a live race on Facebook Live, you're robbing from the track. You're robbing from the track, and, you know, worst comes to worst there. You don't ever want to say this, but what if something happens and it's now on the book of faces that yeah. you don't want anybody to see? And if it's there, it's there, and it's well, hard to, to get rid of it then. Let's go back to the old video recorder days. Camcorder. Um, yeah, the big, you know, like the boom box <laughs> on your shoulder. And uh, it's cool that you have that memory of the race and whatnot, but let's not, let's, let's try to get everybody to the racetrack. Uh, without people coming to the racetrack, the racetracks aren't going to be here. Yeah, I, I feel that like uh, one of my favorite races at I-80 Speedway was the uh, Danny Lasoski and uh, Donnie Schatz World of Outlaws race maybe four or five years ago. For the last 10 laps, there was slide job every corner. They were back and forth. And yeah, that would have been fun to watch sitting at home on my TV, but I never would have got that excited. And I don't think the memory would have been as ingrained had I not been sitting there watching it happen and watching it unfold in front of me. Was that the World Outlaw race, or was that that other sprint car series that was only around like for a half a year? I think that was the first time the World of Outlaws was back at I-80 Speedway, because I'm okay. not sure that Donnie Schatz ever ran that NSL, the, the National Sprint League. Right. That's what it was, the NSL. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, the excitement of the races, uh, whether it be the slide job lap after lap, um, the crash, whatever it may be, you can feed off the other folks in the, in the grandstands yeah. and the cheering and, and picking out your favorite driver. Maybe it's everybody's throwing a quarter in a hat and picking a driver, and wh whoever wins, you know, they get the, the hat of quarters. Whatever, maybe that stuff you don't get to do at home. By the well, way, pro tip is don't ever play that game with Anthony Ainsley because he's going to take your money. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, if you – you know, when years gone by, when Dale Earnhardt Jr. was still racing, when he took the lead in the race, if you were at the track, you heard it from miles away. Yeah. <laughs> everybody cheered when he led, and they weren't even his fans, but he took the lead, so they cheered. Or if Kyle Busch crashes, yep. you, know, <laughs> you get the same thing, you know? So, yeah, being at the track is a whole different deal, especially like, like Dan has found out when we've treated people through our fantasy league and got them in the garage area. They've oh, sat that, on pit road or something yeah. and watched a race. Like, now how am I going to go back in the grandstands? Well, yeah. That was actually a message we got was, thanks for ruining the grandstands <laughs> for me. I'll always be buying pit, pit passes now and, and getting into the pits. It's a whole different experience. And that's something that the racers feed off of, too. Um, mm. That fan interaction, which is something, honestly, I don't know if any other sport has it. Um, the, the fan interactions, you know, walking up and sitting in the race car, touching the tires, you know. Signing autographs with the drivers, you know, something that a kid of, of any age can do. And, and that experience then is instilled in them for the rest of their life. Yeah. Yep. And, and Dirk, you've talked about it. I learned it probably my first year of calling races at Crawford County Speedway. Sometimes there is no battle for the lead. Sometimes it's a, it's a light battle. But there's something going on back in ninth place. These guys are, are, are throwing the slide jobs. TV can only catch so much of what's going on. You're but exactly right. if you're watching the race... 
you could choose what driver to watch. I mean, how many times have, has, you know, in NASCAR, somebody started from the rear or somebody had to, uh, had to uh, jump the start penalty and had to go to the back? You've now got the option to watch them. TV or the streaming services are almost obligated to watch the front of the pack. Yeah. And you don't get to see those guys working their way through the field. And I'm telling you, it is a, it is a, a, it's something else to watch Mike Nichols make his way through a stock car field. The way he can ease his way into a, a spot that most people would wait another lap, but he doesn't rub anybody, he doesn't bang anybody, just nice and smooth. That's stuff you really can't watch on TV. You have to see that in person. You do. Well, and, and that's the thing, like you mentioned there, Dan, um, the battles that are behind the, the race lead. Um, we mentioned the, the stock car race at Beatrice. Top three was a good race, but the race from fifth to 11th was nine times better. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just awesome. <laughs> well, um, so that's, that's the things you don't get to see on streaming. That's the great part about the dirt track, especially local dirt track racing with the inverted starts. You know, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I saw Joe Kaziski or his dad or Steve Kaziski come through a field and win a feature from 12th spot. You know, I didn't care who led. I wasn't watching that. You know, I was watching whoever was starting in that 10th, 11th, 12th spot come through the field. You know, the Dave Chases and whatnot. Uh, just years of that. And, I mean, I was at, in Kansas City with Dan, and somebody had like a half a lap lead. And he goes, man, this is boring. Let's just leave. I said, no, go back here to eighth place. There's some <laughs> racing going on back here. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, and that, again, that's, I think that's really one of the things that the TV, as far as NASCAR is concerned, you can see it in the ratings. It's tough to be able to cover the entire field. It's impossible to cover the entire field. And so you miss out on a lot of the action. But if you're at the track, you not only get the experience, but you get to pick what you're watching. You're exactly right. That's something, I guess, for our stock cars. We have uh, SSS Motorsports, Luke Cochran, um, $140 cash, hard charger award. So let's challenge those guys that yeah. come from a B feature, see how many cars they can pass. Uh, you know, Boone Evans, a kid from Texas, is the one who wanted to be actress for us. Um, I think he passed 10 or 11 cars that night. So it's, it's rewarding those guys to get after it. Um, so that's the cool stuff that we're going to see, I think, with the Stock Car Tour. Well, and 140 bucks that's like passing three more cars. Right. Yeah, <laughs> any more. I mean, there's some of these purses that $140, that's more than what it pays to start. So, I mean, they're getting double the start money. Is that a new set of tires for a stock car? No, no. that's one it might tire. Be. Is that one maybe, tire? Maybe, maybe yeah. a tire. <laughs> yeah, well, right that now. stuff's going up. Do you see that stuff in there for those sprint car tires? The sprint car tires oh, are my crazy. God. Now, keep in mind, I, I shut off Facebook yesterday because of it being April Fool's Day. And I, I saw a couple of rules posts, and I thought, now how dumb would you be to post rules on April Fool's Day? And then, so I didn't even watch it, read it, or believe it, but it, the prices of the tires go up again? Uh, yeah, and I think that was Wednesday, I think, that he, showed up. It? Yeah. And it was and a couple days ago. And everybody's expecting it, but the, it was a significant jump. That's where I think, you know, part of our – our stock car series being on the, the Hoosier G60, I think those prices are kind of locked where they're at right now. They can't fluctuate as much as some of the, the open tires and things like that. So that's going to be hopefully a benefit. And we've had some great supporters on our stock car tour. Uh, next week we got a tire, maybe two tires we're going to give away. Um, so, I mean, it's, that's the stuff that we're after yeah. to, to really help those stock car guys and put on a good show no matter where we go. Scott Angel with the Nebraska's Dirt Crown and the Stock Car Crown Summer Series once again continues April 9th at Off-Road off off Speedway. <laughs> Speaker uh, was in my way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Off-Road Speedway is someplace that uh, 
a lot of guys have never been. Um, and when the idea came up, the promoter up there, Jerry Pospisil, was excited. And, and I think he's going to be excited for some of the cars that he sees come north that usually don't get a, an opportunity to come north with nobody else racing um, in the area. Um, and our stock car series, I think you're going to see some names, uh, possibly a Jordan Grabowski, a Tyler Fry, maybe a Jesse Sobbing, Kyle Vanover. And, and you're going to go up into stock car territory with Justin Addison, that um, Lou Wilkinson's, uh, Melky's oh. up there. I mean, there's yeah. stoutest stock car competition in the world is right there in, in northern Nebraska. And we're going to bring some of the best that we've seen to try to take them on on their home turf. It's going to be going down Saturday, April 9th. Get more information. Nebraska's Dirt Crown. That is with an apostrophe S for Nebraska's Dirt Crown. You'll get more information on the Summer Stock Car Series uh, at Nebraska's Dirt Crown. Scott, it's always a pleasure talking with you. It's always fun with you guys anytime we get to sit down. So hopefully we can do it more throughout the summer. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & Lube. 